may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We're so excited about each and every one of you being here in Jesus name. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Our theme today, our theme today is on um, engaging increase through intercessory prayer, engaging increase through intercessory prayer. Hallelujah. So I'm just really excited about um, this one. I'm probably going to, because um, we had some uh, some significant uh, places where um, some critical uh, a critical mass of membership is uh, working on the thing after the thing today. And so um, if you hear it today and you hear it next week, it's not because I was like, I didn't know what else to do. Um, I just need to make sure that the things that I'm sharing today, that everyone gets it. Amen. Engaging increase through intercessory prayer. Hallelujah. I'm looking. Hallelujah. So, um, okay. So I do want to uh, go on with our objectives. Objectives, first of all, is to, and this, this, this is really, this is really the last, um, the last part of this series. Actually, um, if you look at it, I've been teaching on intercessory prayer since um, the first, pretty much the, pretty much the second week in April. And um, I really did all of that to do the thing that I'm going to talk to you about today. Okay, so I've been building, and your pastor has a certain thing that when I want to do a spiritual act in the congregation so that we're all in faith together, I want to make sure that I build the right kind of foundation for it. Because sometimes people, it's like they try to uh, hang a castle in the air, and people don't have the foundation to stand on. So they don't know how it works, why it works. And um, then it's kind of hit and miss. And so I've been really building up to something that I'm going to do at the end of the service today. All right. Subjective. The first one is to illuminate the authority of the believer and the power of partnership with the Heavenly Father through prayer. Right. You have authority as a believer and your prayer is the way that you partner one way that you partner with God to get his will done in the earth. Number two is to identify ranks, regions, realms, and regiments of prayer that will bring, that bring God's will to pass in the earth. All right. And so we're going to talk about ranks of authority, the authority that you have as a believer, but we are also today going to talk about the enemy also has ranks that you got to overcome. All right. We're going to talk about our region and, and doing things that make uh, prayer effective in our region. And then we're also going to talk about the realm, the natural and the spiritual realm and things that go on in that area to bring God's will to pass through prayer. Three, to invoke the wisdom, willingness, and work ethic to prevail in warfare prayer that overcomes darkness with the kingdom of light. And then finally, to invite Destiny Generation Church into the birthing position as we intercede for God to move on our region with revival. And that's a key part of what we do today. So today, um, just get ready. 
when we get to the end of the service and pray, um, we're going to stand and we're going to really pray for our region. It's not today. We're not going to pray for you and your kids and, you know, your four and God bless me and my job. And I'm not against God blessing you and your job. And I taught you about prayer and I talked to you about praying at home and praying for your family. But today, the prayer we're going to do is for God to do something significant in our region. Not just our, this is not the selfish prayer. Okay. And I'm not against you praying. You should be praying for your family. You should be praying for your kids. You should be inviting God in everything in your home. But everything can't be about what's happening in your house and then everything around you going wrong. All right. So um, we had three major scriptures uh, for this series. A fourth one that I'll just mention later, but um, three major ones that we're going to talk about today. Ezekiel 22 and 30. So these are just reviewed. These should be um, uh, very common passages of scriptures because we've talked a lot extensively about them over the last three months. And it says, so I sought for a man among them. The key word is a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it. But I found no one. All right. So he's saying here um, that when God is looking amongst the place where stuff is going bad, he's always trying to find his person in that place to pray and intercede and invite his presence into that place. All right. Now, our second scripture is Ephesians 2, 4 through 6. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. All right. So um, that is the thing that we were talking about. Remember, we gave you some examples about the fact that um, when Prince Harry married, Prince Harry uh, married Megan, she was raised up and given a seat of authority in a sovereign kingdom. Her authority is by virtue of who she married. Okay. Even so, it is with us because we have been raised up, married to Christ, and seated with him in heavenly places. We have the authority to use his name as if we are his bride, and cause things to happen. All right, you have a seat of authority. Then, now this is a new passage of scripture, and I'm going to spend um, time, but I've been really working to get you to this one. So this is the thing that talks about God moving in a region. Matthew chapter 4, starting at verse 13 and going down to verse 16. Matthew chapter 4 starting at verse 13. And it says, And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea, in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali, that he is talking about Jesus. So this is Jesus getting ready to start his earthly ministry. All right? And it says that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. Now, let's look at what 
this place or this region was described as the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light and and upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death light has dawned those that sat in great darkness in the shadow and region of death. That's how this region was described. Okay? Now let's look at Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. Again, this is new scripture for today, but it's a common passage of scripture. Actually, um, two weeks ago, used verse 18, but I'm actually going to walk you through the whole thing today because this is really the complete thought about spiritual warfare and about prayer as a part of spiritual warfare or what I like to call warfare prayer, right? Some prayers is just me talking to God about it. Some prayers is just communication. And there's, this scripture tells you that there's different types of prayer. But sometimes, like, you got an enemy that's trying to take your head off, and then we got to deal with that thing. Okay. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, which um, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplications for all the saints. So he says, praying with all kinds of prayer. And then he says, now pray this one specific prayer for your spiritual leader. Let me say that one more time. Pray this one specific prayer for your spiritual leader. Okay, let me say it two more times. Pray this specific prayer for your spiritual leader. Pray this specific prayer for your spiritual leader. And he says, and for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. All right? Now, we had, when we started the beginning of the year, some prophetic um, impressions, things that we believed that the Lord wanted us to emphasize throughout the calendar year of 2018. And so a lot of what we are doing now is me taking those things and then teaching and praying and working them into the work of the ministry. So let's talk about just four of these. Number one, there's the Grace on Destiny Generation Church and its members and partners to be a lighthouse within our region. That's what the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. Those that sat in the shadow and region of death, light, great, 
light has sprung up or dawned on them. Two, God is raising us up as an embassy, a place where ambassadors, people that represent the government of heaven, that they gather here and from here, they exercise governmental dominion regionally. And so part of us getting into the region and praying is for God to do things in our region to push back the darkness and the death and replace it with the light that's dawning. Okay, got that? All right, number three. God is gracing the maturing believer, maturing. That means you're not grown yet, but you are growing. That means I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I used to be. I can look back at my life and see progress. The maturing believer, maturing believer that is aligned. That means you're connected to the vision and the visionary of this house to multiply, to evangelize, follow up, to disciple and oversee. You are commanded, commissioned, and empowered. Leverage your position among them. Remember, God sought for a man among them. So that group that you're among, leverage your position among them to call them out of darkness into God's marvelous light. All right? So we are in faith that you'll be able, that as you pray, God's going to give you words to connect with people and draw them in to God's kingdom community that is Destiny Generation Church. And finally, number four, and this is the one that we're going to really deal with today, prayers of intercession and spiritual warfare will be necessary to reap the harvest of souls. Prayers of intercession and spiritual warfare. So we're going to plead to God and we're going to war against the devil today in a specific kind of way, right? And I'm going to teach you how to do it. And then I'm going to do this again because we're going to go through this because I need the whole church to be in agreement with us on this, right? And uh, know how we do this together, all right? And then it says, earnestly contend for souls to be brought into the faith. Withstand the onslaught of wickedness in our day. As you call your loved, one out, loved ones out before God, he will move on their lives. Yeah, that's a good promise there, isn't it? God, you're going to move on my folks. You know, the knucklehead. Now, now I know none of y'all got knucklehead folks in your family. None of y'all got them special family members. But as you called out in Pastor David's family, this, don't be looking around, cousins, nieces, nephews. But in Pastor David's family, there's some folks I'm like, Lord, help him, Jesus. I want to get my Crisco bottle out and anoint him with it. You know, the big one. Just bathe him in it, baptize him in it. But God will move as we call him out before God. And that's what we're standing for today. All right, we've given you some definitions on prayer. This is just the review pieces. We haven't got to the good part yet, right? Um, we said prayer is the intentional communication with God, giving and receiving directives, offering petitions, expressing adoration, verbalizing contrition and commitment, and acknowledging thanksgiving and interceding for others. We've also talked about prayer being FaceTime with the Father that so impacts me that I leave with the greater reflection of his name his nature, his character, and his conquering spirit. 
We've talked about prayer as petitioning royal access, yielding effective results. We've, we've said that because we acknowledge God as king and his empire as a kingdom, then prayer is our ability to access heaven and through that access provide God with access to the earth. We've also given you a definition of an intercessor. We said that an intercessor is one who goes to God on behalf of another, fueled by the compassion of Jesus, or one who confronts demonic encroachments on behalf of another, right? Just like uh, if you play football, offsides, encroachment, okay? There is a line of protection around you. The devil's always looking for an entry point to break through, right? He told, he told God about Job, you got a blessing wall around him. I can't get to him. He's always looking to encroach on your territory, right? Intercession is going to the one who has the answer on behalf of the one who has the, prop, uh, the problem, now, we started this series out in Genesis talking about how God created man and gave him dominion. We talked about that that dominion was the basis of why prayer is necessary to get God's will to come to pass. We said God invested you with authority and he respects the authority that he gave you. So if he gave you authority, he'll let you invite him in. And if you invite him in, he'll partner with you. If you want him to stay out, you want to just do you. He'll let you. That's not going to work out good for you, but he will let you. All right? We talked about that um, after the curse, men began to call on the name of the Lord, that prayer was instituted. Um, the first, term, first time the term pray was used in the Bible was when God told um, the king Ahimelech, who had taken Sarah from Abraham to bring her into his house and make her his wife. He said, listen, uh, I'm about to kill you because that's not your wife. And God said, Abraham's going to pray for you, and then you're going to be fine. If you give him back his wife and he prays, then I'm going to take you, you know, you off the bad list because that's my prophet. And so... God, God specifically said Abraham to pray and intercede, okay? Job's situation didn't turn around until he prayed for his friends. So praying for other people causes things to work for you, all right? Um, we talked about the fact that your physical body is a badge of authority that allows you to pray and get things done in the earth, but the body that God gives you, that gives you authority, will also fight against you when you pray because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. We learned about that we are, and have, uh, we are intercessory watchmen warriors who must sound the alarm and take the stand in intercessory prayer. We said that God shows us things to come and that, he shows us things, and then based on what he shows us, good and bad, we pray and we turn things around. And that God can save by many or by few. We talked about the fact that we pray from our position of authority and for our position of authority. We also studied Esther 
as a type of prayer, right? Just like, just like uh, Megan married Harry, right? Esther was out there on her own. She was of an oppressed minority group, but she had, been, she had married the king. You know, but her uncle, some say cousin, some say uncle, he was like, uh, listen here. Can I say it the way I heard it? He, was, he said, listen here, Amarosa, just because you're in the White House don't mean if they come for all your people, they're going to come for you too. You better know that Hebrew lies matter. Don't think just because you were up in the White House, it's not going to be for you when they come for all of the rest of them. Yeah, I, I went over somebody here, but I think somebody got what I'm talking about there. Yeah, just because you're in a pr pr privileged place, you better pray for situations that's affecting all your people because when it hit all of the rest of them, it's going to hit you too. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we talked about that. We talked about the fact that there is a sept of authority, that we pray from our position of authority, and we pray for people that are in spiritual authority, like your pastor, hallelujah, please and thank you. And then we talk from the book of James that the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much, so we must put energy into our prayer lives, we must pray for our brothers and sisters, and we must increase our intensity on prayer when things get difficult. When things get difficult, that's not the time for less praying. That's the time for more praying. Right? Then, um, so let's talk about Ephesians 4, 13 through 16. It's one of the core scriptures that I stand on when it comes to our mission that you see behind me, to raise up a light of spiritual, social, and economic empowerment that brings transformation to Flint and our surrounding regions. Why can I believe that we can raise up a light that gives transformation? Because Jesus raised up a light, and it changed his whole region too. That's why we can believe for that. That's one of the scriptures that your pastor stands on when I say we're going to do this thing. Four quick points from Matthew 4, 13 through 16. Number one, this scripture, this passage of scripture quotes a prophecy from Isaiah 9, 1 and 2. Right? This passage of scripture is, is a, it's actually a quote. Right? Matthew was quoting Isaiah. Okay? Number two, it talks about the place where Jesus lived and birthed his national ministry, which eventually became the spark for his international ministry. Okay? So this was a specific place um, that from this place, this insignificant place, this place that was not on the best part of town, this place that was not doing the best economically, right? Jesus, from this place, launched an international ministry. Okay? All right, number three. The characteristic of this region was that it was known for having great spiritual darkness 
and being in the shadow and region of death, they said this, this was some of the common statements. Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? They said, search the scriptures. Never has a prophet come out of Galilee. They was like, listen, you, he can't be from God. He from Galilee. He can't be God. He from the hood. Come on. Come on, brother. He can't, he can't be all of that. He from the hood. He from the wrong side of the tracks. I heard that's not even his daddy. He's got a, he, he just, a, <laughs> there's some other baby daddy out there somewhere. I heard all of this stuff about him. He can't be, it can't be God. All right. And the region was so bad, everybody expected it to die in full. Come on, Steve Harvey. All y'all should just get in your car and drive off and leave the city. I keep telling him, I, in, my, in my sanctified imagination, I'm talking to him, I'm telling him, brother, just make sure you can read who the person that won the beauty contest. Don't, you leave the spiritual stuff in my city to me. Just take care of them beauty contests and make sure you get the names right. Anyway, that's just, that's just between you and me. All right, number four, the critical thing that birthed the massive revival is, that, is the great light that sprang up and was seen in the area that Jesus preached and ministered. In those that sat in the shadow and region of death, those that sat in darkness saw a great light. Those that sat in the shadow and region of death, light sprung up, light dawned in that place. And that's what we're in faith for that God's going to do something with us that causes light to shine in our city, that brings change to our region. All right. It was interesting as I studied the commentaries on this passage of Scripture, several of the commentaries noted that death was personified. You know what the term personified means? The scripture there talks about death as if death is a person with personality and motive and evil intentions. Those that sit in the shadow that death casts over the entire region. Yeah, there is this person called death that sets a shadow over a region and light turned that thing around. Okay, now that brings us to our Ephesian scripture. Death is described here as a dark principality that exercises regional authority to keep the area in darkness. So five keys to enemy forces from Ephesians 6 and 12, because Ephesians 6 and 12 says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, right? Against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high or heavenly places. All right, 
So the first thing that we understand is that the enemy's forces are both highly organized and highly specialized. They're highly organized. The devil doesn't play pickup basketball. Every member on his team has a specific assignment. And they play a specific position with specific equipment. The Apostle Paul describes these, uh, these demonic authorities and the equipment that they have, the authority that they have, the rank that they have. He's got some generals and some buck privates. Most of the time, we're dealing with the low-level devils in our house and not getting to the high-level ones that's keeping our whole region bound up. And so what we want to do is get to the head man, right? It, don't just come to the, the guy that's selling drugs on the corner. Get the kingpin that's living in the mansion. You're not going to stop the drugs on the corner. Because when he died, they're going to put another one right there on that same corner in his place. You don't cut off the flow till you get to the top guy. Highly organized and highly specialized. Number two, there are principality or princes. This word indicates that these are Satan's direct reports and that they have held these positions since ancient times. Most believe, I do too, that these have held positions since the fall of Satan when he was Lucifer. He picked his, he picked his prime time team. And they have been given regional assignments. That's why they're princes. They have an area of authority. All right? Number three. The second rank, spirits are called powers. The word, their powers, is the Greek word is exousia. Exousia means Delegated authority. Delegated authority. Right? Um, at work, I have authority that has been delegated to me by my director. In my span, I'm the man, but I'm answerable to somebody else. It's only to the extent that I take authority that I can exercise authority. So he's saying... There's Satan, there's these princes, there's these powers under them that are taking authority, and they have the authority, and then they can go out and wreak all the havoc of hell in an area as long as they stay within the bounds Satan give them. This is some good preaching, but this is some good stuff, isn't it? Oh, yeah, 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 this, this is good stuff here. All right? Number three, number that was number three. Number four, Paul next mentions the rulers of the darkness of this world. Now, remember, we're in a place known as a place where people sit in, come on, say the D word, 
darkness. They sit in darkness. So Satan has some military power that he has put and organized to keep, to keep his military order of darkness in a spe specific area. The rulers of darkness means they are organized, they are, they, are, they are raw power under his satanic control. And they are working to keep darkness in an area during a specific time. You know, sometimes you think things get better, and then just when you think we're just about to get better, you know, we had Obama, it's going to be good, and then all of a sudden, man, darkness seemed to be like, flip that script. You thought we was coming out, and then you look around, you think you're back in the 60s again. Every once in a while, I mean, you go down, go down the south, I see some things, there's still, you know there's lynchings that's still happening in Mississippi, you do know that. You know that, right? Okay, I'm just saying. Jeff Sessions went to, um, who was our attorney general, went to and spoke to like a police forum and said, we're going to protect our Anglo-American heritage in police enforcement. Well, that's cold. Well, that's cold. Oh, I get that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I hear you. I hear you calling it. The darkness in this time period, we're going to keep that darkness in place. All right. Then the final rank, number five, that it talks about is spiritual wickedness in high places. Satan positions evil spirits in places of authority to do very vicious things. It could be church authorities. That's why, why do people, like, it's not enough for them to be out and, if you want to be, if you want to sin, go out in the world and sin. Don't, don't, you don't have to come up in here and sin. I ain't mad at you. I'm not telling you you got to come in here and be perfect. But some people come in with the purpose of disrupting what we have going, right? Spiritual wickedness that wants to set itself in a high place. so that it can do vicious stuff. And I'm going to write this order so I can lock up kids and separate them from me. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. Spiritual wickedness. Spiritual wickedness in places of authority for the purpose of doing evil things. Do you see it? Okay. Now, you could get all of this. Whether you see these things or not, they exist. You know, radio waves are in this room. I just don't have a receiver. That's why I don't hear them. But just because I don't hear them doesn't mean they don't exist. They are here. Okay? So what we have here is the Apostle Paul tuning our receiver so that we would know what's behind the scenes that's been working to kill us and to destroy us since eternity passed. All right? But I got to be careful because I can get out of something like this and I'll be scared of my own shadow. 
oh man, I mean, you know, the devil, he's all of that. He's all that. All right, pump your brakes, pump your brakes. We, we, this is the gospel. It's the good news. All right. You know, a few months ago, family went down to, um, to Florida. We had a chance to go to Disney. And uh, when we went to Disney, um, I took this picture. Would you show the picture, sweetheart? Hey, hey. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I took a picture when I was, when I was, yeah, Wakanda, Wakanda forever. Yeah, yeah, I took a, I took a picture when I was down there. Um, you know, I've been in the gym working out, but them are not my muscles. Y'all didn't know that, did you? You didn't know that. Those are not my muscles, okay? Uh, not only are those not my muscles, that is not my suit. You didn't know that, right? Um, so when I went, of course, you watch, if you watch the movie uh, Black Panther, what you understand is T'Challa was a warrior king and um, he, he, he ingested something that gave him some special strength. And then he put on a, a suit that had a specific set of weapons associated with it that made him more powerful than what he was on his own. What I want you to understand is that the beginning of this passage of Scripture says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of who? God. Whose armor is it? It's God's armor. It's God's weapons. These are the weapons. The weapons that God gave you are the same weapons that Jesus walked in when he was walking the earth. You don't have a secondhand set of tools. You got the best armor in the world. Now, all of those forces are out there. But if you, if you locked and loaded, you good. If you locked and loaded, if it's your muscles, then you hit. Those not my muscles. If it's your armor, they about to take you out. But that's not my armor. I got something stronger than vibranium, baby. I got something stronger than vibranium. Hallelujah. All right, seven components to the armor of God. Seven components to the armor of God. Hallelujah. Number one, truth. Truth protects my spiritual reproductive organs, right? It says your loins, your reproductive place spiritually has to be protected by truth. Your ability to give birth to things is protected by walking in truth. This, number two is righteousness. That's right standing with God and right standards from God. That's, that's God saying I'm all right with him and his government and then me walking like I'm right with God. Number three is peace. These are all parts of my armor. Peace. I have peace with God. God isn't mad at me. We ain't fighting because my arms are too short to box with God. Yes. And not only do I have peace with God, 
when I get in difficult situations, I have the peace of God, right? Because my feet, two shoes, one is peace with God. Me and God have a good relationship. The other part of peace is the peace of God. When I'm going through a difficult situation, I'm not freaking out because the peace of God is guarding my heart and my mind even when I'm in difficult situations. And if I have peace with God and the peace of God, then the scripture says that the God of peace will bruise Satan under my heel quickly. Yeah, because my feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and I'm going to put my foot on his head. All right? Number four, faith. Since Satan attacks our thought life with words, we must have words of faith that shield us and put out his fires. The shield of faith that quenches all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Number five is salvation. Salvation guards my mind. Guarding your mind is the truth that you are saved. Now, Satan's going to be sitting there whispering, I'm going to kill you. Shh. Listen, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill your family. I'm going to kill your kids. No, you can't kill me. If you could kill me when you want to, I'd already be dead. I got salvation. I got salvation. Number six is the word of God. The word of God, the specific truths coming from God to be spoken against the enemy in times of battle. The Bible calls it the sword of the spirit. What does that mean, Pastor David? That means you'll be in a situation and inside of your spirit, the Holy Spirit will bring a specific scripture to mind that has to deal with that situation. Say that right now. Don't keep your mouth closed. Say that thing right now. Get thee behind me, Satan, because it is written. Okay? All right? That's the word of the, uh, the sword of the spirit, the word of God. And then number seven is all kinds of prayer. All right? So we're going to talk about warfare prayer. Warfare prayer is us taking our seat of authority, our position, and our arm of authority and warring against the enemy for the souls in our region. Then, after we go against the enemy, we then go to God and ask him to send the designated people associated with this church to help us raise this church up and go further. Got it? So there's some scriptures about this that I want to share with you. I got some scriptures, and then we're going to go on from there. Matthew 9, 36 through 38. But then he said, he saw, when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plen truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. All right. Hallelujah. Right? Like sheep having no shepherd. Go on. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Now, 1 Chronicles 12 and 22. 
For at that time, they came to David day by day to help him until it was a great army like the army of God. That's, I've been confessing that scripture a long time. They came to David to help him. I know they're talking about King David. I'm talking about this David. They came to David to help him day by day until it was a great army. I know, I know, I know. We, we starting where we are. We're, we, we are an elite force. Elite forces are never as big as standing armies. But this scripture says that they come in day by day to help me, to fulfill the vision that God has given us. So come on, hold your assignment. Help us, help us on the way. Look at your neighbor. Tell him help is on the way. Help is on the way. Somebody coming to help you do what you're doing here. Help is on the way. So we're going to call headquarters today and ask for some reinforcements. All right? We call in headquarters today and asking for some reinforcements. Last scripture that we got for you. Brother Tony, go ahead and do what I asked you to do. All right? Matthew chapter 12, verse 25 through 29. But Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And every city or house divided against itself will not stand. If Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? We've already said his kingdom is highly organized and specialized. So his kingdom is working. Well, he's doing his job. And then Jesus said, and if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, that's another name of Satan. It actually means Lord of the Flies. By whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they shall be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. And how can one enter a strong man's house, that's talking about the devil, and plunder his goods, that's talking about the region, unless he first binds the strong man and then He will plunder his house. Come on, let's stand. Come on, Brother Tony. All right. Thank you. All right, everybody's standing. This is very important. We're going to all do something together. Hallelujah. Um, There are symbols of authority. You understand symbols of authority? If you go into a judge's office, into a courtroom, a judge has a gavel. There's nothing special about that gavel. I could pick up another stick and hit a desk just like he hit the stick with the gavel. But what does the gavel represent? It's a symbol of his authority. So when he makes a decision and smacks that gavel, some things is going to happen. He smacks that gavel and say, put that person in jail. That person is on lock. Am I right about it? Anybody know something? Okay. And so there are things that symbolize authority. Jesus has a symbol of his authority. It's called the scepter of righteousness. We taught you about that, didn't we? So this sword here is a symbol of my pastoral an apostolic authority in this region. It's a symbol that God has sent me 
as a man of God to raise up this vision. You know, remember the story of Gideon and his 300? They said the sword of the Lord and the sword of Gideon. Okay. And so what we're going to do today, based on the things that we shared, we're going to do this again next week because I know there's, there's people and faith comes by hearing. I plowed today, but y'all going to be a part of my amen crowd because y'all going to understand what the other folks that didn't, that didn't get here today understood. Okay. And we're just going to go deeper because faith comes by hearing and hearing. Okay. What we're going to do today, we're going to address the prince's of the north, south, and east, and west. All right? So we're going to face specific directions. That's north. That's south. That's east. That's west, right? All my... Okay, all right, all right. I got my directions right. All right, all right, all right. And so we're going to... All of us are going to face those directions. And then we're going to... Bind the prince in those directions. What we talked about, remember, we wrestle. So wrestling means you got to engage your enemy. Wrestling, actually, that word there is like, the King James used the word wrestle, but today we would call it MMA, mixed martial arts with the swords and stuff. That's the, the actual Greek words that the Apostle Paul used said we're like in hand-to-hand -hand combat where we're wrestling with these real sharp daggers close and we're trying to take each other's heads off. And we do this by binding the strong man in the region so that we can plunder his house and take the goods. Okay? I'm teaching you about how to do spiritual warfare. Now, remember, if you don't have your armor on, you playing church, man, don't do this. Because, 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 like, most of us are dealing with them low-level devils. <laughs> Pastor, so-and-so hurt my feelings. Why they hurt your feelings? Because they didn't say hi to me at church. Okay, come on, give me, come on, let me get you my, get your, get your diaper out. Let me get, get your bottle warm. Let me burp you. We're dealing with low-level issues, but now we're about to reach beyond ourselves and take a stand for our city. Okay, listen, we're about to poke the bear. Okay, you find if your armor is on, remember, remember T'Challa, you're strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You got your armor on, you good. Okay, so I'm not telling you this to scare you, but I am telling you this is a serious thing that we're doing. Does that make sense? Okay. So everybody turn around. The north is behind you. Turn around. Just face the wall. All right. Stretch your hands forward. Father, in the name of Jesus, we first of all declare that we are clothed. We are strong in the Lord. That we are strong in the power of your mind we come today as a congregation to stand to stand therefore to withstand the evil that's rising in our day we declare that we have the armor of god so in the name of jesus we bind the prince of the north say that we bind the prince of the north 
in the name of Jesus. Say that. We bind the prince of the north in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we bind you. Come on, turn around, all the way around, facing the front. Hands facing forward. Right? We bind the prince of the south in the name of Jesus. Say that with me. We bind the prince of the south in the name of Jesus. We bind the prince of the south in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on now. Face east. Face east. Hallelujah. Now we're doing spiritual warfare. Pa Pastor Dave, why aren't you screaming and hollering? Don't take screaming and holler. I got the name of Jesus. I'm using my weapons. But this is a spiritual act. This is how this works. All right. Now what I'm doing here for this region, you can do at your house for your neighborhood. You can do at home. When the devil's trying to create static between you and your spouse, you and your children, you bind that thing. You can do this on your job. You have authority. You got weapons. You don't let the devil just come in your house and run roughshod over stuff. You tell him no. Okay, come on. We bind the prince of the east in the name of Jesus. We bind the prince of the east in the name of Jesus. We bind the prince of the east in the name of Jesus. Okay, come on. One last direction. One last direction. All right. Come on, let's say it. We bind the prince of the west in the name of Jesus. We bind the prince of the west in the name of Jesus. We bind the prince of the west in the name of Jesus. One more time. We bind the prince of the west in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Go ahead. You can clap. In the name of Jesus, we command the demonic principalities over these regions to loose the people that have been bound. In the name of Jesus, we, we command these demonic principalities of the north, south, east, and west that have held people bound up under the enemy's influence in our region. We command you to loose your hold over them in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, say amen. Hallelujah. Now that we have dealt with the enemy, now that we have dealt with the enemy, now we go on and we ask and intercede to the Father. Right? So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we are asking you to guide the people that are now loose, those that you would have be part of this house part of this ministry and part of the revival that you are sending into the earth and that you are sending specifically to Flint, this area, our county and mid-Michigan region that you are sending into the earth, that they would come, unite themselves with me and with the vision that God has given me for Destiny Generation Church. I'm asking you, Father. We took the authority that you have given us as a congregation. Now I'm asking you in Jesus name, because we have dealt with the adversary. I'm asking you now, the people that are now loosed, that are designated to be a part of our 
kingdom community to help with this vision. The laborers that you are sending into this harvest to labor with us, the partners, the strategic partners, the members, the ministers, the helpers, the workers that you've given day by day to help me till it's a great army. I'm asking you to send them now. In the name of Jesus. Do you agree with me on that? Then say amen and thank God like it's already done. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We have authority in this region. Our church is a church of spiritual authority. Your people know how to exercise their authority. They know how to deal with devils, Lord. Not get mad at the people. Not get mad at their boss. Not get mad at their spouse. Not get mad at their neighbors. We deal with the spirits behind the situation in the name of Jesus. And not just the low-level devils that's dealing us at home by ourselves. We take on the enemy that has held this region back. It is the work of the devil. to systematically poison a city. Only the devil could think of something like that. So we stand against it. And we're not going to let the spiritual wickedness in high places get out of office and treat us like ain't nothing went on. We're not doing that. We're standing against what the enemy has done in our region. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Go ahead and clap. That's a good place to praise God. Now listen to me, saints. What, what, I've, what we've done here, take your authority in your home. Take your authority at your school. The enemy comes for you, you go for him. Don't let him talk you out of like, ah, the devil. Listen, if he could have ah, killed you, you'd ah, be dead already. The Bible says he's looking for who he may divide. Just tell him you come to the Johnson household. No, you may not. Come on now. God is working in our situation. Now we're believing that as we confess and believe this, that God is moving in our situation. He's moving for our people and we're going to, over time, see God begin to send people. This, this what I did now was the reason I've been teaching on intercessory prayer since the 1st of April. Because I wanted you to understand who you are in Christ and what authority you had when you stand up and make statements like that. Amen? Remember, God has an amazing plan for your life before any problem, habit, mistake, or misfortune overtook your life. So often we want to get our acts together before coming to the Lord. But reality is we can't get our act together on our own. That's why we must come to the Lord. So while all heads are bowed, eyes are closed, believers are praying. If you'd like to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life so that you can benefit from this amazing plan, I love to be the man of God that leads you through this process. It's actually very, very simple. You just ask you believe the things that I share with you today, that Jesus came, that he died, that he rose again for you. And then you ask him to be the Lord, which means to be the ruler over your life. 
If that's you, you'd like to lead me through that. If you'd like me to lead you through that prayer, can you show me that by raising your hand? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. All right. I got a second appeal for you as well. This appeal um, is maybe you're a believer, but you've allowed hurts, hindrances, and habits to get in your way. Or something that the Lord showed you in the word today, and you're saying, Lord, I'm, I'm serious about being that watchman warrior. I'm going to be a person who understands my authority in Christ, and I'm going to stand for it. I'm going to do the spiritual and the natural things that produce change in my community. That's you. You're saying to the Lord, you're committing to that. Would you show me that by raising your hand? Lord, I'm asking you to help me to be that kind of warrior and prayer person in Jesus' name. All right? You can put your hands down. Third appeal is maybe you um, are a believer and you received that first work of grace, which is salvation, but you haven't received the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. The power to really pray comes by praying in the spirit. The power of his might that you need comes by that second empowerment of grace. And it comes with its own encrypted prayer language. Yeah, heaven has a communication that the enemy can't understand, intercept, or interrupt. And so if you're believing God to receive the infilling, the baptism with the Holy Spirit, with speaking it with other tongues, can you show me that by raising your hand? We're just going to pray in agreement with you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And then my final, my final appeal, last and final appeal. I love to be your pastor. I love to be your man of God. I believe that God is doing through this church I work in this region where we are raising up a light of spiritual, social, and economic empowerment that brings transformation, not only to your life, but to the city that's around you. This prayer that we prayed today was specifically with that in mind. And I want you to understand that today in this kind of place, if you're a part of our kingdom community, you can receive this kind of destiny discipleship and destiny development so that you can make destiny deposits in the lives of others and make a destiny difference in your community. And so if you're interested in getting information about becoming a part of the, our church family, can you show me that? And we'll just reach out to you after our service is over. I see your hand in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. You can put your hand down. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. All right, come on. Let's pray together. Say this with me. Heavenly Father, I come to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. I believe God raised you from the dead just for me. Thank you for receiving me into your royal family. Heavenly Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus to fill me with the power of your precious Holy Spirit. I fully expect to speak with other tongues as your spirit gives me utterance. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you have given me power. You have given me authority. I am strong in you, Lord, and in the power of your might. I take on your armor to withstand in the evil day, to push back darkness, and to pray 
and intercede and see our region change through the power of the light of your glorious gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and clap. Hallelujah. It's time. You may be seated. Just a, some quick announcements. Lady Nedra is coming. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I pray today was, was uh, an encouragement to you in terms of your own prayer life. You know, sometimes people, they know these things in scripture, but they don't know how to practically apply them in their situation. And so what I want you to understand is, yet we did this corporately, but you do it personally. You, you dealing with situations that on your job, situations where you know it's not people, but something's behind it. Stop getting mad at people. They just a puppet. They just a puppet. Get get to the spirit behind it. That's what we're learning to do today. Amen.